Welcome to Mind Your Mind. Mind Your Mind podcast is for busy people like you who want to enjoy life and free up their time and emotional space by learning valuable tools for self-care and mindfulness. Our weekly topics are filled with compelling discussions and practical solutions to increase your productivity and healthy living. I'm your host, Joseph Tropper, and I'm honored to have you here with me today. Hey, welcome. This is episode 13, and it's going to be a two-part series about hypnosis. A lot of people have asked questions about that, and I love to hear from you guys. Just go to mindyourmindonline.com and click on Ask Joseph and ask away because you choose the topics that I talk about. So thank you for that. And this is going to be a two-part series. The first one is just hypnosis introduction, uh, which is going to describe some of the background history about hypnosis, uh, where it was invented, how it developed, and different cultural things, and answer a lot of uh, fact, truth, or, or, or false uh, information and, and, and some misinformation, actually a lot of misinformation about it. And then the second part is going to be three hypnosis superscripts, which is going to be part two, where I'm actually going to allow you to take a seat, relax, listen to a hypnotherapy session yourself, and uh, just see what it does for you. All right, so I'm excited to get started. Um, let's talk about the development of hypnotherapy. I know a lot of people have different um, opinions about it. Like I said, there's a lot of misinformation. Hypnotherapy has been something that's been around for hundreds of years, and according to some researchers, even longer. Um, the person that made it famous uh, was a German doctor. His name was Franz Mesmer. And you'll recognize his last name from the word mesmerize, which is where it came from, because he would mesmerize his clients. And he was born in 1734 and died in 1815. And in his time, it had actually been called animal magnetism. And one of the reasons it was called that was because the people that did hypnotherapy practiced on animals, and they claimed to have a certain power of allure to be able to control people and make them do what they wanted them to, uh, which is where a lot of the stigmas and misunderstandings have come from. And uh, Franz Mesmer um, had mastered this art and really helped. He was a doctor and a very well-respected person. He passed on this, his own development of it and really made it very popular. There were hundreds of books written about it um, in his time and, and after, uh, till the early 1900s. So that's Mesmer. Many of the psychologists uh, liked it and used it and tried to utilize it in session. Uh, Freud was someone that had a big, profound impact on uh, slowing down the growth of hypnotherapy. Um, Freud was kind of antisocial and quiet and didn't, wasn't a very good hip, <laughs> hypnotist. Um, and he also complained in his writings that when he would hypnotize people, he thought they were just kind of staring and drooling at him. And that made him uncomfortable. And so he kind of cut out uh, hypnotherapy from his practice. And a lot of people followed suit with him. Um, wasn't exactly for altruistic reasons, but he basically sat himself down at the uh, head of the couch and let the client talk and stare. Of course, Classical psychoanalyst will explain that he was trying to give the client space, but in truth, he makes it very clear that he was actually trying to give himself some space. That's what happened with Freud. But um, hypnotherapy has been revitalized, and uh, there are many uh, reputable and many unreputable uh, training programs that teach hypnotherapy. They have been used uh, effectively to help clients. Uh, some of the most common things that I use hypnotherapy for are smoking cessation, uh, drug and alcohol cessation, weight loss, general well-being, um, anxiety issues. Uh, it's really effective for phobias and fears that people have. So let's talk about uh, some of the myths. And I just want to go through uh, four myths and just kind of clarify them. Before I do that, I just want to start off because I always like to share a quote. Uh, Milton H. Erickson, a very famous doctor who really made hypnotherapy famous in the 1900s as well, 
and developed his own um, Ericksonian style, which is a little bit slower than what I'm comfortable with. And you'll see I'm going to use a speed induction on uh, the second half of this series. But his quote is, you could use hypnosis not as a cure, but as a means of establishing a favorable climate in which to learn. And I think he really summarizes this well, that hypnotherapy is not a um, miracle answer to things. However, like I tell all my clients, it's something that if you're motivated, it can give you a boost and really help you stay on track. So let's go through the four myths here. Number one, it doesn't work. So again, there's independent research that shows that hypnotherapy can be a very effective modality for helping people. I personally use it in conjunction with a therapeutic relationship generally, unless people are specifically coming in with a very, very specific um, and usually uh, small acute issue that they want to work on. Uh, But I think that it works really well in a therapeutic environment. But again, I've used it many times with people uh, for small one-time things. Hey, I have a big presentation tomorrow and I've got the jitters. Can you help me? It could be very effective with that. Sometimes small phobias uh, could be taken care of in one to two sessions and larger ones, maybe a little longer. Um, And so it, it certainly can work very well. Um, I did have someone that I hypnotized one time. He was in college and having a hard time concentrating. And I hypnotized him that whenever the teacher uh, would say certain key words that would draw his attention back in and, and he'd be he'd hear it ringing in his vo- in his ears very loudly. And that would draw his attention back in. And he'd be able to take notes. And it worked for a week. And after two weeks, he came back and told me, you know, it worked for a week very powerfully, but then it stopped working. And I said, oh, well, what changed after a week? So he said, well, I discovered that I could actually ignore it. And, and then the then I don't hear it anymore. So I said, oh, so you chose not to hear it and not to listen to it. He said, yeah. I said, well, that's why it didn't work. You know, if you take the hypnotic suggestion, then it works. And if you push it away and you decide it doesn't work for you anymore, but you don't want it anymore, then it doesn't work. So that's the bottom line. It, it can be very effective. Myth number two is it does, it works miracles. So no, of course not. You know, I can't make you an amazing athlete just by hypnotizing you. However, there is such a thing as sport enhancement that I can make you a more, a more focused player a better team player just because you'll become more aware of things going on around you. So it really, like Milton Erickson says, it, it creates a more favorable climate to bring out that which you have inside you. Myth number three, you could control someone else under hypnotherapy. So again, this is totally false. A lot of people are really scared about that. And I think that they've watched some you know, one too many hypnotherapy shows on TV, which has kind of gotten them to feel this way. But you certainly, you cannot cause someone to do anything under hypnosis um, that they wouldn't do while they're awake. And they are fully conscious and fully aware. A lot of the shows that you see and a lot of the ones that you might have seen are usually in bars and involve people that are under the influence of alcohol, in which case their inhibition is much lower. They are willing to do a lot of foolish things and make a fool out of themselves. You hypnotize someone and you say to them, I will now erase your every memory that you have. Uh, you will not take that suggestion because no one wants to do that. If you hypnotize someone, and I know there's a lot of you know spy books written about people being hypnotized and controlled by the government. Um, I don't find that to be true clinically, and there's not much research to back that up. So the bottom line is that if you're hypnotized and you don't like something that you hear or you're uncomfortable with something that goes on, you are going to reject it. And number four, you could get stuck in hypnosis. So that's totally false. Um, You can't get stuck. Um, I had someone I was doing a Skype session with. uh, He had his headphones on. I was giving him directions. He was very relaxed and they fell off his head. And I just watched him. And then he eventually, after about a minute, opened his eyes and said, oh, my headphones fell off and put them back on. Um, and I asked him, what happened in that minute? He said, well, I was feeling relaxed. I knew what had happened. I was conscious that they fell off, and I was okay with that. When I needed to change it, I changed it. Um, I had another guy who had a computer crash in the middle of a session. And again, a few minutes later, he called me back and said, hey, I noticed something went wrong. I'm back here. And I asked him, what were you doing in the five minutes it took you to call? 
And he said, I was just relaxing and enjoying. So you can't get stuck in hypnosis. Bottom line is it could be a very, very effective modality for you. My one uh, word of caution is, you know, check the credentials out of the person that you're working with and make sure that there's someone that you could trust. Thank you so much for listening. That was part one of Hypnosis Introduction. Stay tuned for part two coming soon. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to mind your mind. For more practical ideas and to make sure you never miss an episode, visit us at mindyourmindonline.com.